to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 89. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and this week I've got so much to talk about. Um, I have, I'm going to really try hard to um, get it all out. First of all, I'd like to thank my special guest from last episode, Emmy James, Peaceful Abolitionist, for coming on my podcast and also for all her wonderful help um, doing the street stall as well. And um, and I think I might I might start out talking about that about the street stall because it's been pretty it's been pretty cool. You know, the abolitionist movement has you know, it's just taking off all around the world. And um, there's just more and more and more voices out there. And, you know, I started doing my story still in 2009. Um, and, like, I think it was towards the end of 2009. And things are just are already so much different now. Um, I I um I was inspired by um, Renata Peters and Jeff Pertz and the Alice Springs Vegan Society's cupcakes that they gave away, and I got this plate display plate, and it really made a difference and a big sign. And people come over and talk, but you know what? People are are just coming over, and um, some of them don't want a cupcake because there are some people out there who avoid processed sugar and they're really concerned about their health and they don't want to eat a cupcake, but they want to talk about veganism. And um, the conversation when you are an advocate for abolition and for non-violence and for respect and justice the conversation is just amazing when I first started I would see all these people nodding and humming and hiring and saying oh yes very interesting very interesting um, but I lately have had people at the stall saying I'm going to go vegan and you can see that there's been a couple of, of of recent ones that have really stuck in my mind where you I could see it happening I remember when I decided to go vegan when you decide for that reason when you wake up to the injustice and the absolute exploitation and you just wake up out of that far out of that fog it's it's a magical moment and you know that it's just been a wonderful wonderful summer i don't know if it's i mean i, I don't want to attribute it all to cupcakes you know but something's changed it's been it's exponential and it's it's 
like a little while ago, this guy walked past and talked about Zeitgeist. He said, this is Zeitgeist, and he was from South Africa, and there were people advocating for veganism in South Africa. And, um, you know, the abolitionist movement has, is, I mean, it's unstoppable. It's really, really, really begun. People... You know, it's it's like a ripple effect, and I wish that, like I always wish, and like I will always, always call for every single advocate, every single vegan, to promote veganism, justice, respect, nonviolence, unequivocally. But they don't. <laughs> but they are starting to talk more about veganism. It's inevitable. They, even they can't resist it, you know. And um, it's uh, it's been a really special. We've had some amazing moments where we've seen. I mean, the last week there was someone who he was about to take off his shoes and belt and go and buy. I mean, he, you know, he's just he was just like. I'm done. I'm going to go vegan. Uh, I don't need this belt. I can buy a synthetic belt. I have these dress shoes. I've had somebody say, okay, I'm going to go vegan. What else can I do? You know, what can I do to help? And I was just like, just don't back down, you know, just don't back down. Don't give, you know, don't, don't slide backwards. Like be unequivocal, be a vegan and be an advocate for veganism. I mean, I said to them, you know, you can contact me, contact me because we're still looking for someone who has a car. That would be pretty useful. But, you know, uh, you know, I don't I don't really need what we need is vegans who are unequivocal about veganism and who are willing to print out the 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 pamphlets or you know, speak about it or or do that kind of thing in their own towns, in their own life, with their own families, you know, um, I, that, that's enough for me, I'm not, I'm not really looking for, um, anyone to, like, join my group, you know, as long as these people, like, because, like, we'll have people coming up and offering us money, because they just expect that that's what we're there for, because that's all they're used to. And we say, no, no, we don't want money, you know, we don't want your money. Um, just, that's that's not going to help. You need to go vegan. And um, and then somebody else was asking me the other day, because this was someone who was so genuinely interested and was like, I want to do something too. And I said, where do, you, where do you get the money to get all this stuff? Because we have all these pamphlets. And I was like, look, it's really not that much. You know, first of all, the Boston Vegan Association, they... They give them out for, for us for free. And they make these amazing pamphlets. Um, so it doesn't cost me anything. I mean, that's free for me. Um, Gary Francione's pamphlets, you can download from the website. Butterflies, Cats, Becoming Vegan pamphlets, I recommend as well. You can just download them and print them. And, it, and then I just said to these guys, you know, we just pay for it out of our own pocket. And the biggest thing I say is like, oh, your voice is free. Your voice doesn't cost anything. You have a voice. And, um, and these people are getting inspired and people are wanting to go vegan and people are going to go vegan. They're going vegan. And, um, it's due to, because 
it really, really works. Abolitionist advocacy, which is unequivocal vegan advocacy, focusing on nonviolence and reaching that part of people who don't want to harm anybody. They don't. You know, I, there, there's, there's always going to be a couple of people who come by who are really um, opposed to your idea, but it's the other way around. Like, I remember last week at the store, we had a guy who was so, 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 so hostile. He was just so hostile. I almost wanted to know where he's getting his research because I think he might have been getting it from the Western A Price or something because that's how strongly he felt that vegan, that you needed meat to thrive. And um, he was just incredibly like that was it was just impossible that he just refused to consider that you that well he you know speciesist obviously as as most people are you know unconsciously or consciously with these arguments that they have but he was very 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 turned off to the idea but that is you know like out of it's like not like when you listen to people who promote welfare, who are defeatists, and who say, "Oh, you have to take baby steps in the woods. We're going to go vegan." They, I don't know what they're doing or what's going on with them. I don't think they're doing any vegan advocacy because when you do vegan advocacy, you find that it, the the ratio is the opposite of what the welfareists say. There are more people interested in asking questions, and the questions they ask are genuine because it's what has been the dominant train of thought. So they literally, they're like, well, what about free range though? And they really mean it because, hey, for decades now, we've had the animal groups, the ones who are supposedly the voice for animals. I mean, that's what it says in all their literature, right? Touting this stuff relentlessly. And that's all that that's been out there. So people, when they say, well, what about free range? They're genuinely asking you you know, genuinely like, well, wait a minute, what about free range? Because speciesism hasn't been addressed and veganism hasn't been promoted. And when you learn how to approach that argument, when you read the arguments about welfare reform and the practical truth about the speciesism in it, you know, and the violence involved in animal use, and you let people know and you break through that conditioning that's been reinforced by welfare advocacy from the beginning of the animal movement, you find that people don't want to harm. And, it, you know, you just, they have to learn. But it's the ratio of people who are genuinely concerned and don't want to hurt animals, and if you speak to them that way, is more, it's, it's a higher, it's, it's like I find that doing the stall, the ratio of people who are genuinely concerned, who genuinely care, who really do want to make that change, who are asking how to make that change, and when they say to you, well, what about this, what about that, they're, they want to know how it's done, you know, they're not, they're not, it's not all, it's not a resist, it's not as much of a resistance as a genuine need for education because they've been miseducated for so long as I was. So if you learn how to address those points, because everybody asks about free range and humane, that's why I get so infuriated. That's why I get so infuriated with, with, um, 
welfare advocacy because I see it. You know, I see it. It's it's a it's a um, it's an empirical experience. It's a real, live, genuine, detrimental thing that goes on. Okay, because that's the majority of of what we have to overcome. I've I've only done this like for two years now. The store and it hasn't been every week for two years. I've taken months off over the winter and all that stuff. But that is like the number one thing that we have to address is this going back to well it's all about treatment and what about humane this you know and we're breaking through that because we just won't accept that we give people the abolitionist argument from the get-go from the second they open their mouths and they are totally and utterly able to you know recognize that they've never heard it before and they say hang on a minute, I've never thought about that before. And um, it's an absolutely wonderful experience. And, you know, to be told by someone that, oh, I really, I'm going to go vegan, is, is a beautiful thing. And to really see it, you see that click, you know, you see that look and they start asking all the right questions. They start looking at what they're wearing and they look around, they look down and then they ask pertinent questions like, well, how about, how do I do this? Well, okay, well, where can I buy that? You know, that's a genuine urge to change. And that's why it's important to have that information. It's important to be supportive. It's important to let them know that there are alternatives and that's where, you know, the resources come in and where you, you know, you learn about those things, um, as well. And you, and you be a guide for people and, and you give them encouragement and, you know, that kind of thing that that's also very, very important. But, um, yeah, it's just been absolutely wonderful. Um, this, this summer has been the best summer that I've had. And I think it's only going to get better as far as I'm concerned. It's just only getting better. I mean, because it's just taking off and it's zeitgeist and I, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a thing that's spreading through the world. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it really, really is. I mean, it's the only thing that it's, it's our last chance. It is our last chance. This is it. This is it. I was, I was on the bus, uh, yesterday with my dad and I was watching, all these school kids, they were all, because um, now exams, because in New Zealand, I suppose all over the world maybe, but in New Zealand, it's summertime now. So it's our big summer holidays from school, whereas in other, 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 other hemisphere, it's June, July, August is the big summer holidays. So, and then at Christmas time, the school kids get like a week off. Well, in New Zealand, the Christmas time is the summer holidays where they get the whole two months off. You know, they, they break out of school for in December. They don't go back to February. So it's the big, big, big holidays. All the kids are out. They're getting out of exams. They're all in the streets. And I watched this whole line of kids. They were walking up the street and they were the young ones. They were like, you know, 10, 12. Um, they're all like, you know, they had their socks pulled down and their, you know, sweaters off and it was summertime. And all I could think about them was like, we're trying really hard. We're trying really hard to, you know, to save things so that you're not, um, left with a world where, um, you know, there's, there's just no life. Um, so it was, um, you know, it is, it is, we, we, we have to hurry up, um, which brings me to my next topic of, um, discussion, which is about the value of time. Um, 
there's just so, so, so much that I want to say because I haven't, I've been busy and I've been working at a job that takes a lot of energy and I've been spending a lot of time um, getting things ready for the street store, which has been absolutely worthwhile and, and a wonderful use of time. But I do need to do my podcast more regularly because it keeps me sane. Um, so here we are. Um, more and more people are turning on to the abolitionist approach. Um, more and more people are promoting veganism unequivocally. The right of animals not to be used. Justice, respect, non-violence. And it's just everywhere. And um, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of... I don't like to... Um, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that kind of make me laugh in a way. Um, but I have to be very, very careful how I, I say things. Because... Um, I really don't want my point to be lost, so I'm going to try to think think my words carefully. Um, there's some some of the things that make me laugh about people who are opposed to the abolitionists or who say that abolition doesn't isn't going to work or it doesn't work. Um, just, and you know, my personal experience, I mean, there's nothing anybody can say that can prove, that can prove that because I see it firsthand. I live it every time I do advocacy, I see how effective it is. Um, even in the face of the detrimental promotion of welfare, the abolitionist argument, um, responds to that. Um, and people you know, literally have said to me, you know, after they've asked me about treatment and stuff, when that when it's been presented to them, they've said, oh my goodness, you're absolutely right. So, you know, don't, don't, don't believe the hype. But what, a couple of things, like, there's a, one of the things that I get very, that kind of makes me really um, frustrated is the, is, is, you know, there's a lot of people in this world who um, can't look past them. Okay, how can I put this? Sadly, um, I still feel like the animal movement is um, very, very speciesist. Which is just so sad. I mean, it's like the you know the civil rights movement being racist against black people or something. It's 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 hard for me to deal with. And I know speciesism is ingrained, and I know that I grew up with it, and I know that I still have it, and I'm fighting against it every day. But it's different to seeing it in a movement that you're that you know the abolitionist movement is not speciesist. So, um, but the the dominant you know, majority movement, which it, it still is the dominant paradigm, is as is, is speciesist, and then um, it's hard to bear, and a lot of it is, is a focus on, on um, people, 
uh, there seems to be a lot of focus on people. I'm really not interested in talking about people. Um, I'm interested in promoting the morally right thing to do for all animals. Ideas, concepts, uh, the fundamental truth, you know? Um, I could really care less about people's personalities, but there seems to be a lot of focus on that. Um, so there's this, um, and and that's why a lot of the times like people, one of the things that I do is I, I don't really mention names, you know, I, I just don't see the point. Um, I try not to mention names. I talk about experiences and I try not to mention names. So, um, First of all, what I want to say is, I told you I was going to be all over the place because I haven't done a podcast for ages and there's been so much going on. First of all, what I want to say, another thing that I wanted to say was, because I am interested in promoting fundamental truth and morality of what, and what I believe is right, you know, and, 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 and the right thing to do, which is to never compromise not even the slightest, tiniest, teensiest little bit on the fact that animals, no animals, should be property and should be used, no matter what, and that it's wrong. That's it. I just, you can, I will never, ever compromise on that. I just won't. Just like I'll never compromise on the fact that women shouldn't be raped and that babies shouldn't be raped and that children shouldn't be abused. I will never compromise on that. So, and luckily, um, there are more and more and more and more voices saying those, being uncompromising. So I have more and more, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things, so many people, there's all kinds of places of different voices of people writing things that are uncompromising about that, that I can promote now. In the beginning, when I first started doing my podcast, there was like three people. Gary Francione, of course, because he's been the one who's been doing it for the last 30 years. And he turned us all on to it. And then Dan Kudahi, who was writing about it back in the day before I started. Um, Vincent Gahane and, um, you know, a couple of other people. And... Um, you know, it makes me laugh, like, people would be like, you keep posting the same, and then that's where they, they're like, you keep posting the same people, and I'm like, no, I'm posting the same idea, I am promoting the same idea, and sadly, there's only like four or five people who are doing it, but you know what, I don't care, I don't care what that looks like, I don't care if you think that it's some sort of cult, or that it's some sort of group, or some sort of whatever you want to call it, I'm promoting the same idea, and I won't compromise on that morally. Now, there's more and more and more and more people, and so there's a wider range of, of things to choose from. But if there wasn't, I would still only promote that idea. It's the idea I'm promoting. It's the uncompromising moral position that I'm promoting. And if there's only a few people who are doing it, well, that's just a reflection on what everybody else is doing. That is not an indication of, you know, whatever. So, you know, 
there are people who seem to think that it's kind of like, you know, the Facebook like button. It's quite funny. It's like, you know, you post my stuff, I'll post yours. Or you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And it's like, you know, I, I'm not in this to be popular and I'm not in this to, for attention and I'm not in this. I wouldn't even have a Facebook account. In fact, I resisted. I didn't even want one. The only reason I have one now is because it's a way, it's a place, it's another place to promote this idea. The abolitionist, nonviolent, animal rights movement. It's a, it's a place to promote that idea. Same with Twitter. It's a place to promote that idea. That's why I have those things. To promote that idea. And, you know, there are lots of people who are really nice and everything like that. And they might promote my stuff. Like my blog or my podcast or whatever. And I've seen people who have promoted my podcast. And I think, well, that's great. I'm like, they're promoting this idea. Fantastic. Um, they must agree. You know, that's wonderful. Here's another person who agrees. But then I go onto their mural or whatever you call it. And they obviously don't agree. Um, or if they do, they're not unequivocal about it. And as we know, I'm a fundamentalist about animal use, you know. So I see them promoting my podcast, but then I'll see them promoting all kinds of other things that promote the exact opposite of the idea that... I think should be the idea of the animal rights movement. So I don't promote this, that person's uh, advocacy. It's nothing personal though. I'm sure they're a really nice person. It's not about, it's, it's not like, I, I can't think of an analogy. It's like, you know, I'm really sorry that if, 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 if the whole point of you promoting my podcast wasn't because you actually believed in it, it was because you wanted me to promote your stuff, but I don't believe in what you're promoting. I'm really sorry, so I'm not going to promote it. And the fact that you're promoting, like, part of what you're doing is promoting abolitionist stuff, but then the rest of what you're promoting is welfareist stuff, or you yourself talk about abolition, but then you promote or give platform to, you know, the, the welfareists or allow them to, to, you know, come on and or whatever, be featured or whatever. Well, you know, why would I promote that? Why would I you know, I don't want to promote that, that idea. That's an immoral idea. It's a bad idea. You know, it's, it's, it's creating damage because it is speciesist and it promotes speciesism. So I'm not going to promote anything that promotes that. It's just so simple. It's not personal. It's not about you. So, um, so I only promote that idea. And there are now lots and lots of other people who are unequivocal about the idea. And when I say that idea, I mean non-violence, animal use, abolition of animal use, abolition of domestication. Animals shouldn't be ours things to use. Animals are persons. It's very simple. I mean, it's just, it's just that same concept that I've been talking about since I woke up and went vegan. The reason that I went vegan is because I woke up to this concept. So I just... 
I, you know, I just want to apologize. Like if there's anybody who's like promoted my podcast or shared my Facebook or whatever, and I haven't done the same in return, there's a reason and it's not personal. And if I've stopped promoting somebody because they are giving a platform to welfare um, groups or allowing welfare groups to promote their ideas, why on earth would I promote that? That goes against everything I believe in as an advocate, as a rights advocate. So I'm not going to promote, you know, I don't even want to link to that, you know, that's, that's just the way I am. Um, but what, what makes me laugh is like, there are complaints, but like, okay, first of all, I don't care if people call me a Francionist. I couldn't care less. I mean, from the big, I learned, I became an abolitionist and I became vegan from learning about the ideas that Gary Francione articulated. So just like Marxists or, I don't know, Garrisonians, it just doesn't, it would just be silly of me to worry about people calling me that. Uh, what makes me laugh is, I, when I say laugh, I mean painfully laugh. Um, when you laugh painfully, uh, is that I think that people are so worried about people. If the animals slaves had any idea about what was actually going on by the people who were supposedly their voice, supposedly representing them, if they had any idea of the what is going on, they would be outraged and infuriated. But they don't have any idea. They're too busy dying. They don't know what's going on. They're too busy dying. We know what's going on. And we cannot afford to waste time on ego. And we, I just won't. You know, I just won't. Um, I'm very disillusioned with the animal movement. But, you know, I have been anyway. I don't consider myself part of the animal movement as it is today. I consider myself part of the abolitionist movement. And, um, and we're also made up of people and, you know, and that's just the way it is. And I have my ego and, oh, I'm not absolving myself, uh, from any of it, but we, we really, really need to hurry up and stay on track and just get on with it and just forget about what people are saying about you know, people are just, you know, but one of the, one of the things that I kept, I kept wanting to talk about was a lot of people are really, really opposed to the nonviolent, um, about opposed, they, they claim to be opposed to the abolitionist approach, the actual abolitionist approach to animal rights as devised by Gary Francione, you know, the theory of animal rights, the abolitionist approach to animal rights, um, read the six principles, um, 
of the abolitionist approach to animal rights. It's on Gary Francine's website. I'll post it. And that's basically the abolitionist approach to animal rights. And a lot of people are up there, they're, they, they, they are opposed to one or two of the key points and then therefore they just reject the whole thing and then they suddenly turn around and, um, um, and one, one of the things that people reject is the nonviolence aspect. But you know what makes me laugh? There's a video going around and, um, how can I say it? What makes me laugh is like, the funny thing is, is like, um, even people who really hate the abolitionist approach, um, and actually have websites dedicated to personally, like really, you know, going out of the way to focus on on the individuals the people you know because that's all they seem to care about they kind of make me laugh because like there's they'll promote a video where somebody's giving a vegan speech and to me it's just obvious that they learned i mean especially well they just learned from gary francione you know (laughs) and um talking about how welfare reform doesn't work and or whatever and promoting veganism like in this speech or whatever it may be uh but the rest of the time they're incredibly promoting violence or um grievous bodily harm and and deadly physical force against other people and that's like basically their mo um so I won't promote them because I don't want to spread that idea. And it terrifies me that somebody like that is getting hold of college kids because I hate to think of what's, what's, what they're saying to these vulnerable kids who wake up to veganism from the vegan speech. And the funny, I mean, it's just so hilarious. Everybody raves on and on and on about how amazing this person is. And how they're making so many vegans or whatever as the claim. And (laughs) the speech is basically uh, promotes veganism unequivocally, which is what Gary Francione has said will make people vegan and change people from the beginning. You know, so it's just, and then everybody's like, I went vegan because it's, this and so why don't you promote him you you abolitionists suck and you don't know anything and it's like duh (laughs) you're just proving it right that this what made you go vegan was a speech about veganism duh guess what Gary Francine has been saying from the beginning and guess what all the people who have turned on to that idea that happened that they happened to learn and you know not everybody's learning it from Gary Francione himself now because there are so many people putting the idea out there now but he's the one who came up with it first as far as I could tell um, and I mean opposing welfare and then the whole thing and um, you know that's what cracks me up I mean it's just painful so it's like you're just proving the abolitionist 
you you know now if they don't if they're going to be violent and I'm just not I don't support that and it just terrifies me to think of these kids who are new vegans who are waking up to it and what they're being told you know in their vulnerable state because I remember how I was I used to cheer on those ALF videos including the ones where they were firebombing things and smashing things up you know that's how messed up I was so it terrifies me that these kids who are going vegan because of a vegan speech, hello, dun, 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 guess what, no kidding, I mean it just is like, oh my gosh, it's just so ironic, um, but it just terrifies me to think of what, um, you know, what's going to happen to those kids because the person who's using that technique, which is an abolitionist approach, vegan speech, hello, um, but this person's MO is violence and um, hate speech. Um, I hate to think what is happening to any of those students afterwards. It just it scares me. It worries me because it's just never going to end as long as people are violent. But yeah, it just it just cracks me up. And then people will like, I mean, I refuse to promote anybody who promotes hate. Or who promotes welfare in any shape or form. Even if they're just promoting people who promote welfare. I'm just, why, why would I do that? Why would I do that? That goes completely against the entire point of my existence as an advocate. There is enough people promo- doing, you know, promoting veganism unequivocally and spreading the idea. And the fact that some people are learning from this idea and going out and doing it, but then on the other hand starting... Um, doing that as as part of what they do, but then turning around and saying that everybody who follows the abolitionist approach is, is a loser and then like violence is the only key or whatever. But then you look at what they're doing and like, let's ask at them, how many people have gone vegan from them saying that they wanted to, you know, rape a woman wearing a fur coat? And how many people have gone vegan from a speech about veganism that was not that, you know, duh, hello, so um, it's just ironic that, 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 and then, and then, and then they will, they will still be so opposed to the fact that the abolitionist approach works, <laughs> anyway, it's very painful and sad, but, and I'm not, I don't want to be negative, but I just, so much stuff, and it's just, um, I'm just really glad that there is um, an abolitionist movement that's growing and and um, and it works. Promoting veganism works. Just ask your friend. <laughs> um, the sad thing is, is that there are some very violent people out there and I worry about you know, vulnerable new vegans getting sucked in to being, to thinking that violence is the answer, forgetting very conveniently their own conditioning and how they once were, and the re- and f- conveniently forgetting that the thing that made them go vegan was not having their parents threatened or their, you know, 
a bomb go off or or a threat of deadly physical force made against them. The thing that made them go vegan was learning about veganism. And that's what woke them up from their own speciesism. And that's what woke them up from the conditioning. It was a paradigm shift in their mind. It was an awakening. You know, it works. Um, I'd also like to end now by promoting what I think is one of the best vegan speeches. Um, thanks to Angel Flynn from Gentle World, who actually did the speech in New Zealand. And um, I'll post the link. It's on Butterfly's Cat's blog. Uh, there's a podcast and um, a blog post of it. And it is a wonderful, wonderful speech. So, you know, there is um, what I, my, you know, it's just, even if there was uh, still only just one person saying these ideas, then I would promote only that person because I want to promote that idea. It's not because I'm, it's because I don't give a, I don't care about what people think about me. I don't care if people want to call names or, or anything. I'm lucky enough to genuinely believe in what I'm doing. And nobody can take that away from me and nobody ever will. I get dismayed and I get sad, not because I have doubts, not because I'm all of a sudden on shaky ground, like, oh, maybe they're right. I'm sorry, I see absolutely no validity in anything but the promotion of the unequivocal right of all animals to be free from oppression. And I... I am 100% a believer in nonviolence. Fundamentally to the core of my being. And I'm lucky enough to know that. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a liberating thing. So, you know, till the day I die, I mean, when you know something, when you know the truth, that it's wrong to use animals, that violence is the problem, that we have no moral right to do what we're doing, Nothing can take that away from you, but it is it is it is disheartening, and, and you do get sad when you see activity and the spreading of of ideas that are violent and that are speciesist. I am sad for the animals because those are voices that could be used. Those are voices that could be standing up for that right, for that unequivocal right. You know, those are voices that could be adding. If only they would just get past their own egos and stop worrying about names and just stand up for what is right. And if they truly believe that what is right is promoting deadly physical force, then I guess that that's what they believe. If they truly believe that what is right is promoting the regulation of torture, I mean, although they would never agree to that when it comes to child sex slavery, regulating the industry would just be beyond them. But if they truly, truly believe that, the way that I believe and the way that I know that, that abolition 
and the abolition of domestication, animals' rights not to be used, we have no right to own them, they shouldn't be property, they're moral persons, then I guess that's pretty powerful and maybe they're going to keep doing it and you know, if that's what they believe, then that's what they believe. But all we can do is keep just keep shedding the light because I don't see how anybody who's vegan, I just don't understand how anybody who's vegan I just, I can't, like I've said, I can't comprehend that way of thinking. It is beyond my comprehension. And that's, and that's my, you know, that's my limitation. I'm unable to comprehend that point of view. I don't understand how anybody can think that way. Um, and, well... I, and I, I should take that back because I used to think that way in the beginning, but that was what I don't understand is how anybody can continue to think that way in the face of this new wonderful idea that we have all been lucky enough to have articulated by Gary Francione when he wrote his first books and that, that is growing and growing and that is becoming this movement for veganism. Unlike anything, you know, that, it started with Donald, Donald Watson. Um... But it's, I don't quite know what happened. I don't quite know what happened. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think challenging the welfare paradigm is a huge, huge part of it. And it's, yeah, it makes you unpopular, but it's a very necessary part. That's why I always promote people's work who do, who do that. And it's nothing personal. We have to do it for the animals. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it has to be done for their sake. It has to be done. So, I'm not sure if I said everything I wanted to say. Um, I tried not to um, yell. I'm sorry if I distorted the microphone. These things build up inside me and um, I haven't been able to get them out as much. Even just the Occupy movement has been really growling me up. I've got so much to say about that, but I don't know how to articulate it. I, I don't know how to articulate some things. I know for me, talking about animal use and how wrong it is, it just comes so easily to me because it's a core belief. Talking about nonviolence to me is it's who I am. So it's easy, but I'm very not very good with economics or politics or things like that. I leave that to other people whose work I can promote. And thankfully, they're out there doing it. Um, so thanks for listening <laughs> and um, I'll be back. Bye.